Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. But turn in your Bibles this morning if you have one, or if you have the more fancy version, you can just open it up by pushing the little home button and point and click to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. Uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 14. Exodus is in the Old Testament, second book of the Bible. I've been spending a lot of time there lately, uh, just discovering some great truths out of God's Word. And uh, especially over this last week. Now, uh, hopefully for you, this is a tradition around Thanksgiving. I was talking to somebody this morning. I was like, what did you do for Thanksgiving? I ate food and I watched football, right? Awesome. And, you know, maybe the Thanksgiving Day Parade, maybe the dog show. Did anybody watch the dog show? Okay, my girls are the only ones. Uh, you know, you watch something, and, and I was like, and you gave thanks, right? And they're like, yeah, but that was secondary. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way sometimes, that we get lost in, the, in our own personal traditions of Thanksgiving, watching football, watching a parade, eating food, hanging out with family, that sometimes you can forget to give thanks. And, uh, but we always make it a part of our, our family to spend some time and say, what are we thankful for? And so um, the whole week, actually, I was sending messages to some of our, our team just saying why I'm thankful for them. And then on Thanksgiving Day, we talked with our, our immediate family saying, hey, what are you thankful for? And, and we gave thanks. But on the drive home, um, after Thanksgiving was over, uh, you know, after I was giving thanks, I started thinking about this, this thought of all of the things that I'm believing God for that I have not yet seen happen in my life. Does anybody out there know what I'm talking about? Some things that you've been praying, some things that you've been asking God for, some, something, and you've been, you've been waiting on God and waiting on God, and you're just wondering if it's going to happen. I know I came into 2015 uh, with some, some expectations of about three things I wanted to see, and I think I saw about half of one of them come to pass, Right? And I'm still waiting on the other two and a half. And I mean, come on, there's still 30-something days left in 2015. Amen? And, uh, and so I found myself, as I was driving back, thinking about the things that I'm still waiting on God for. And then my, my thoughts kind of turn towards the fact that I feel like I'm waiting on God often. Right? Like I feel, if, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, and I think if, if, if all of us are honest, I think that we'd probably feel this way, that it feels like God never shows up on time. Right? God just never shows up on time, or at least not according to my time. God just doesn't show up on, on time. That's the way I feel. And so I have, was having this conversation with God on my drive back, and it was supposed to be a nine-hour and 15-minute drive, and it ended up taking us 16 hours. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I get for having that conversation with God, right? God, your timing's horrible. God, you know, I feel like you're always late. And God's like, really? Watch this, you know? And, uh, and my drive just extended by like six, seven hours. It was ungodly. Maybe it was godly. I don't know. Um, but I think if we're honest with each other, that more often than not, we, we find ourselves waiting on God. We find ourselves in these moments with thoughts of, God, why are you always late? God, why are you always late? Am I the only one? No? Okay. I got some honest people. And so I want to talk to you this morning real, 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 just real frank, real open, real honest uh, on this thought of the God who's always late, the God who's always late, the God who's always late. You know, there, there's a reason why there's 55 plus verses in the Bible that talk about waiting on the Lord, yeah, because you're going to be waiting on him, right? 55 something verses that talk about, verses like Psalm 37, 7 that be, say, be still and wait patiently for the Lord, be still and wait patiently for the Lord. Well, I want to I jump into this, Exodus 32, and I want to talk to you about what happens oftentimes with the God who's always, always late. 
Can we do that today? Exodus chapter 32, starting in verse 1. And it says, when the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, come, make us a God who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. That was what he says, hey, hey, we don't know what's going on with Moses, we're tired of waiting on God. Hey, Aaron, can you make us a God? Can you make us a God? Now, if you were to go back in some of these verses, you would understand what's taking place. The children of Israel have left Egypt. Uh, they're coming out of Egypt. They're going to their promised land, Israel. How many of you guys believe that God has a promise for you? How many of you guys believe that God has a great destiny and plan and purpose for your life? All right? You're not yet? Then you're at the right church because I believe it for you. I believe that God has a great plan, a great purpose, and a great destiny for your life. I know that as you're journeying through, sometimes it doesn't feel like it or seem like it, but I want you to know something he does. He has a great purpose and a great plan and a great destiny for you. And that's what's happening here. The children of Israel are leaving Egypt. They're leaving bondage. They're leaving slavery, and they're heading to their promise, their destiny, the great thing that God has for them. But in the middle or, or sometime towards the end of the journey, all of a sudden they discover something that, that God isn't showing up according to their timetable. And it's just literally chapters before this one that I'm reading to you right now where the children of Israel take a vow to not have any other gods before them. No other thing will be set up before them. And here they are, literally moments later, waiting on God. And as they wait, they get a little anxious. They go to Aaron and say, Aaron, can you make us a God? We don't know what's happening with Moses, verse 2. Then Aaron replied to them, take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He, he took the gold from their hands and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, this is your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. Then he made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning, they arose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they, they got up to play. On the other end now, the Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once, for the people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. Listen to what he says. They have quickly turned from the way I've commanded them. On the other end, now what's taking God so long? In God's eyes, man, they sure moved quickly from the command I gave them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf, and they have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel, this is your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Then the Lord also said to Moses, I've seen the people. They are indeed a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them and I can destroy them. I will make them into, uh, I will make you into a great nation. But Moses interceded with the Lord. Amen. Thankful for that verse. Amen. Aren't you glad that Jesus is in heaven right now interceding for you? You wonder some of the things he's praying. It probably looks like Moses' prayer right now. <laughs> Lord, why does your anger burn against your people? You brought out of the land of Egypt. <laughs> I love the dialogue between God and Moses, too. God's talking to Moses. Hey, the people you brought out of Egypt, and now Moses is like saying, hey, God, the people you brought out of Egypt, right? 
brought him out with great power and a strong hand. Why should the Egyptians say he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountain and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your great anger and relent concerning this disaster, uh, disaster planned for the people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and you swore to them. Uh, your, your very self and declared, I will make your offspring numerous as the stars of the sky and will give your offspring all the land I have promised and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord relented, amen, concerning the disaster. He said he would bring upon them. But Moses delayed in coming down and so the people made for themselves a God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. I pray that in the next few moments that we have together that, uh, Lord, you would speak to us, uh, every single one of us in the season of life that we're in. And Lord, we'd be encouraged by your word, challenged by your word, and walk out of here uh, in grace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I mean, if, I, if, I, if I'm completely honest, I would have to say that patience is probably one of the greatest things that God, I would say, worked in me, but is still working in me today. Um, I'll never forget uh, my, my wedding day, and that's where it all started. Now listen before you go there, okay? I'm not blaming my wife for any of this, all right? Uh, but on our wedding day, we, are, we, man, we have this beautiful chapel, and everything's, uh, you know, ready to go. And, and uh, you know, we have the pictures taken beforehand, and, you know, all this stuff. It's just a beautiful day. And all of a sudden, we get a call about 30 minutes before our wedding, and it's the pastor that's supposed to be doing our wedding, who we absolutely love and adore, and one of my heroes still today. And we get a call and it says, hey, uh, we're stuck in some really bad traffic. We're probably going to be about two hours late. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Hey? Bad traffic. And so we wait for a little while. 12 o'clock rolls around. Still not there. That's what time the wedding's supposed to start. 12.15 rolls around. Still not there. 12.30 rolls around. Still not there. 12.45 rolls around. Still not there. People are, are sitting. And we had like 400 people at our wedding. Big wedding. And people are starting to get anxious and wonder what's going on. And every once in a while, someone have to come out and say, hey, we're sorry for the delay. We're still waiting on the pastor. About 1 o'clock, it's now an hour, you know, into this thing. We're supposed to be already married by this point. I'm thinking to myself, forget the wedding. I know biblically what consummates a marriage. Come on, somebody. Forget that. All right? I, forget the rings. Forget the pastor. We're doing this thing. Right? And, uh, and everybody's like, no, hold on, man, it's okay, let's just wait. Let's, the people are still waiting, and literally two hours. We didn't start our, our wedding until like 1.45, 2 o'clock. And, and I look back on that now, and I can laugh now, but in the middle of it, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was, I was finding myself trying to take matters into my own hands, trying to find a solution, trying to find an answer, trying to create something, trying to do something, trying to manipulate something. I'm like, hey, do you have your pastoral license? Sweet, will you marry us, you know? I was trying to, to do all these things, and here I am 18 and a half years later, and I still find myself at times when I'm waiting on God, trying to figure things out on my own, trying to manipulate the circumstance and the situation, trying to add myself into the equation or the scenario, trying to, to place myself in that, that position of, I think I've got this figured out, I think I know what I'm doing, God, you're taking way too long, right? And here are the children of Israel, and they are waiting. They are waiting. Moses has this connection with God. Moses is the voice of God to the children of Israel. And so for Moses to go up on a mountain and, and hear from God is not really new to the children of Israel. But, but he goes up. Now notice, it doesn't say how long he's gone. He's just delayed, which means he hasn't reported back at the time he originally said he was going to report back. And so now the children of Israel are standing around waiting They they probably didn't have watches, right? But, you know, they're they're waiting. 
When, when did he say he was going to be back? Do you, do you know what's going on? They're waiting. Now, you got to understand, they're not waiting on Moses. The reason why Moses is delayed is because Moses is having a conversation with God, right? And so Moses is delayed coming down. It's not because he delayed coming down. It's because he's still receiving a message from the Lord. I don't know about you, but I find myself there so often that, that I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And let's be honest, just like the children of Israel, if we're going to be completely honest, you and I, we don't like to wait. Our culture doesn't like to wait. We want everything, we want everything now. Right? We, we, we hear somebody else, oh, that, I want that now. Right? We, if we're, we don't know and understand this, this thought, delayed gratification. We, we, well, I, I, I need it now. I want it now. See, we struggle with the idea of waiting. That's why we, that's why we hate verses like this one, 2 Peter 3.8. You, you probably never memorized this one. You probably don't even know what it says. It says, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. What? I hate that verse. Because when I'm praying, I hear the voice of God say, hey, Ben, don't worry, I'm going to take, take care of that today. I'm like, mm-hmm. You mean today or you mean a thousand years? Right? We don't like waiting. I, I struggle with that verse. Because I don't know, when God speaks to me, does he mean he's really today? Is it, is it, is it my idea of a day? It's kind of like this. Is it, a, is it a woman's five minutes or a man's five minutes? Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? All the married guys in here, now listen to me. I've been married for 18 and a half years happily, and that's why God's been working patience. And I have two daughters as well. And so when, you know, one of my daughters, me and my wife say, hey, we'll be down in five minutes. I'm like, mm. kick up the feet on the, right? Turn on a football game. I get a whole half in. Come on, somebody. Right? Oh, you ready? All right. I've learned something, though. I say, if we have to be somewhere at 10, I'm like, babe, we got to be there at 9. Okay. I repent later. It's okay. We don't like the concept of waiting. We don't. But yet God, in his word, so many times makes people wait. Wait. Here the children of Israel are, and, and they're having a problem with this. And I would say that sometimes we have the same, same problem when God always seems to show up late. The children of Israel, they're waiting and waiting, and they get tired of being delayed, and so they go to the next in command, Aaron. They say, hey, Aaron, hey, look, we're, 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 we're tired of being delayed. We don't know what's happening with Moses. We don't know what's going on, so um, can we do this? Can we go ahead and have you make a God that fits our schedule? Can we have you make a God that fits our needs and our agenda? Can we go ahead and have you do that? And I want to propose to you today that when we are waiting on the God who's always late, that oftentimes we do the same thing. Oh, no, we probably don't set up 
some, some, some actual idol on, on an altar. We probably don't set up some idol, you know, on a, 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 you know, somewhere in our house and serve that. But what we do is, is we begin to, to take who God really is and we begin to say, you know, that's no longer fitting my plans. That's no longer fitting my agenda. That's no longer fitting my schedule. And so I'm going to create a version of God that fits me where I'm at with my needs because I'm tired of waiting. I know when it's getting quiet, it's getting good. I'm tired of waiting, and so, uh, I, you know what? I don't know if I believe that about God anymore. I'm tired of waiting. Look at what they do. They go to Aaron and say, Aaron, can you make us a God that we can put in a cart and wheel around and take with us where we want to go? One that fits our needs a little bit better. One that suits our purposes a little more. Listen to what Aaron says. Aaron says, here, here's what we're going to do. I, I want you to go and I want you to get the gold earrings from your, your daughters and from your wives and from your sons. Apparently men didn't wear them. It's just sons, daughters, and wives, right? I want you to go get those gold earrings and bring them to me. And I stopped and I thought, I said, wait a second, where did they get the gold earrings? Exodus 12 tells us where they got the gold earrings. Exodus 12 tells us that when they were departing Egypt, they plundered the Egyptians. And they took gold and they took silver and they took their stuff. The gold wasn't even theirs. Aaron says, hey, I want you to reach back to what is familiar rather than to continue to press on to the one who's faithful. I want you to go grab what, what you've known, what, 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 what seems familiar to you, what, what you recognize. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's take the gold that you got from Egypt. Let's grab that gold, and then I'm going to begin to make a God for you. And I feel that there's times in our life when we are waiting and waiting and waiting. God, I wanted to be married by this point. All the single ladies thought. God, I, th I mean, this, this was not the timetable that I set up. So I'm going to begin to create something for myself. I, I, th I thought I was, was going to be completely financially debt-free at this point, God. I've been tithing. I forgot the budget part, but whatever. God, I, I, thought, I, thought, I, would, I thought I'd be in ministry at this point. Well, what's taking you so long? Why are you delayed? God, I thought, I would, I thought I'd have that job by, I thought, what's going on? It's getting quiet. God, I thought I would have the answer that I'm looking for by this point. And what happens in the middle of our delay with the God who's always late is oftentimes we begin to reach for what is familiar rather than for the one who's faithful. And when we begin to reach for what is familiar rather than for the one that is faithful, we begin to create something for ourselves. Good preaching, Pastor Ben. We begin to create something for ourselves. Wait patiently on the Lord. 
I have enough difficulty with the weight part, the patient part, you lost me. They grasp. So behold, here's the God who brought you up. Oh, they have the right words, but they've now fabricated a God that they can manipulate and carry with them and do with what they wanted. This one fits our needs so much better. This, this one works. See, I, I feel like sometimes, and I'm speaking from my perspective, but hopefully it, it's meaning something for you. In the process of waiting, in the process of waiting on the God who's always late, I want a relationship. Really what you want is you want intimacy. But rather than waiting for intimacy, you begin to reach for what's familiar and you begin to go after relationships that are ill-advised. I begin to go for what's familiar. I want intimacy. I would, I would even dare say this, that some men's grasp for intimacy, what they're desiring is intimacy, what they end up grasping for is pornography. To fill the void in their life. Well, I want, I want joy. I want joy, and rather than waiting, because in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy, rather than waiting for the fulfillment of God's presence in our life, because he seems to be delayed, we begin to grasp for things that make us happy, thinking that these are going to fill some void that is in our life. We want insight and understanding. One insight and understanding, but rather than waiting on the presence of the Lord, the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll lead us and guide us in all truth. But rather than waiting because he seems to be delayed, we begin to reach for knowledge and education. Only to discover that knowledge oftentimes puffs up. But we miss the insight that we're craving because we reach for what is familiar rather than the one who is faithful and People want blessings in their life, but they, they begin to reach for success. Only to realize that they are worn out, burnt out. Because they're working nonstop to create a look of blessing. People want peace. How many of you guys want peace? <laughs> you don't know, right? You're like, I, I want peace. See, what happens is, is people want peace in their life, but what they end up reaching for is control. Because they think if they can control, because I want peace and everything that's happening around me right now, it doesn't seem peaceful. And God, I've been praying for peace, but I don't know where the peace is at. But you said in your word to be anxious for nothing and, and to, to bring our prayer to you. And the peace of God, which surpasses all human comprehension, would guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. But God, I've been waiting for like two hours now. And you seem to be a little bit delayed because I need, I need peace, and I need peace right now. I need peace in my life. I need peace in my circumstance. I need, I, I need some peace. But we've been delayed, and we don't feel the peace in our hearts and in our minds, and so we don't feel it, and we've been waiting. And, God, what is up? Like, where are you at? We've been waiting. 
So what we do is we begin to control. I got I to gotta fix this over here. I got to fix this thing right here. Let me, and we feel like if we can control that. See, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to know something, ladies and gentlemen. See, the problem with the search for peace is, is oftentimes God's perfect will for you is not even found in the peaceful moments. Oh, it's really quiet. I don't like this message, Pastor. When are you going to be done? I feel like I've been waiting for a while. Yeah, a lot of times God's good and perfect will, and I've been guilty of this as a pastor. You will know it's God's good and perfect will because you will feel the peace of God, and I lied to you. I want to propose to you that Jesus was in the good and perfect will of the Father when he went to the cross. But when he was headed to the cross, there is a scene in the Bible, man, that we get to peer into where Jesus is crying out to God. And the Bible says he's sweating drops of blood. Now that's intense. And he is pleading with his heavenly father, could you please take this thing from me? That is not peace. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't reach for control? Aren't you glad that he surrendered himself to, the, to obedience to the will of the Father and endured that moment so that not only would he eventually have that peace, but come on, all of those who call upon his name would as well. The problem is, is we don't feel peace. I don't know what's going on. I feel some uneasiness and some unrest in my life. And, and you know what? I've been praying, and I'm starting to feel a little anxious. And God, you said that you know, I don't know where the guarding's at. I don't know where my head's at. I don't know what's going on. And we begin to reach for control. And then you become a control freak. Don't look around the room. I'm talking to you. How's that working out for you? They begin to control the situation. We got, we got to do something here. It's been too long. We, we need something to follow. Gold cow. You ever been there before? Feeling the unrest, the uneasiness, and I don't feel the peace. And so I begin to try to fix. I must, I, I, maybe I need to do this because I've been waiting for a man for a long time. So maybe I just need to go. I, I've been waiting on that job opportunity for a long time. Time, so maybe I got. I, I've been waiting on those financial provisions for a long. I've been waiting on that ministry. It must not be here at Canvas. I'll, I'll go. I, I've been waiting on that that job promotion. It must not be this job. So I'll I'll go. I've been waiting on. And they create for themselves a golden image. Don't worry. Next week we're going to talk about hope, our Christmas series. It'll be good. Say, Pastor, why, why are you talking to us about this? Because I'm letting you into my life. Because I know, I know what it was like not that long ago to be challenged by the Holy Spirit 
and I'm crying out to God saying, God, I just want more of your presence in the church. I just want more of your presence in my life. I just want you to pour out yourself on Canvas Church. So, so maybe we'll do this thing. We'll do a, we'll do a worship night because that's sure to bring your presence in. And then we'll do this thing because that's got to be the answer. And then we'll do, what are my friends doing? What are you guys doing? You guys, okay, let me do that thing. And, and I start finding myself, and here's what, I, here's what happened is all of a sudden ministry became an idol. Ministry became an idol. So now I'm carting God around. We must do this thing. Behold, the Holy Spirit of Canvas Church. I'll never forget. It's outside, a little seating area, just talking to God. It's on a Sunday night, and I felt like hell. I was just sitting out there by myself saying, God, I need you to speak to me. I need, God, I need to hear your voice. And God oftentimes speaks to me in scriptures. He'll just drop a scripture in my head. And I'll turn to it and I'm like, don't like that one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I remember I'm sitting there and he says, Genesis 3.9. And I'm like, I, I, Genesis 3, I know what Genesis 3 is about. Adam and Eve are stupid and sin, here I am, you know. I know what that's about. He said, Ben, turn to Genesis 3.9. Genesis 3.9, I'll just paraphrase it. I open it up. And it says, and God spoke to the man, where are you? And I just started weeping. I started weeping. I said, God, I'm, I'm right here. He said, no, Ben, where are you? Where are you? Because I'd been waiting. I got tired of waiting. So I tried to manufacture and I tried to do and all of a sudden then ministry became, are you with me this morning? So I, I can open up my heart to you, but I want to ask you this question, where are you today? What area of your life do you feel like, God, where are you? What area of your life do you feel like, God, you're always late? So Pastor Ben, great, what do we do in those moments? Here it is, are you with me? Here it is, we're going to finish right here. What do you do in those moments? You wait. Brilliant message. What do you do in those moments? You wait. You, you don't try to grasp for what's familiar. You wait for the one that is faithful. You don't try to grasp for things that you can manipulate and say, okay, here, here it is. No, you, you wait for the one that is faithful. I love Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Come on, somebody. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. But they who wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord, wait for the Lord. 55 different verses in the Bible about waiting for the Lord. If we could learn to wait for the Lord in his good and perfect timing, although it feels like he's been delayed to us, although it feels like we've been waiting for a long time, if you look at the other side of the spectrum, God was meeting with Moses and said, man, how quickly they've turned. 
God's timing is different than your timing. I don't know how it works. I don't like the verse that says a, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day, but I do know this, that the minute I try to manipulate the circumstance, take control of the circumstance, try to add myself to the equation, man, things begin to go very, very bad. But if I would just learn to wait patiently for him rather than being anxious, I would have my, my strength renewed. I would mount up with wings like eagles, which speaks to me of perspective as I'm soaring over the circumstance and the situation. I would run into the good and perfect will of God, and I won't be weary. Amen. If I wait on the Lord, if I wait on the Lord, you say, Ben, okay, so do I just sit there and do nothing? Kind of, but no. I heard someone say, you know, what they mean there is like a waiter who's waiting on people. That's kind of wrong. But if you study this word wait, it literally means it's not a passive waiting, but it implies hope and faith placed in Jesus Christ. It's a waiting where we employ the tools God has given us to secure the thing that he is bringing us to. We implore the tools. What are the tools? Prayer. Oh, Pastor Ben, it can't be that easy. No, it is. That's what, in the New Testament, when Jesus said, hey, I want you to go wait for the, the gift, the Holy Spirit, they said, okay. You know what they did? You know what the one thing they did is they went to an upper room and they prayed. They knew what it meant to wait. It wasn't like, what game's on? Hey, what are you doing today? You want to get something to eat? Sure, just wait. They knew what it meant to wait. It meant they go pray. Because now we got these cool instruments. Let's worship. Right? Let's just wait. Let's worship. Let's pray. Let's, let's see what the Bible says. You implore the tools that God has for you as you begin to wait on the God who's always late. Pray. God, help. That's what my prayers sound like sometimes. God, help. I feel like you're delayed. But I'm going to sit here patiently, praying, talking. Some worship, please, Kim. Thank you. Piano. Awesome. Right? Just don't wait. Just don't wait. Well, let's, let's, let's some scriptures say. Oh, here's one. Wait patiently on the Lord. Okay. And as we wait on God, I believe you'll secure the promise that he has. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.